Hello and welcome to Faking Lit, a book club podcast in which I usually sit down with some very good friends and we talk about a book that we have read. My name is Chin T and I'm currently recording this by myself because this isn't a normal episode. Uh, in the interest of giving everybody a break and not having to meet up every week to talk about a book that we've read, um, we took a Christmas break and a New Year's break and that New Year's break dragged on a little bit longer than I would have hoped. Um, so... I am currently putting together a clips episode. Uh, we have been recording this podcast for nearly a year now, and I think we've got about uh, 40-something, 40 42 episodes in the can. <laughs> can you believe that we've been recording this show for 42 episodes? That's nearly 4,200 hours? No, that's not right. My maths is terrible. Yeah, it's more like 42 hours, actually. Not sure I added all those zeros at the end of that. In any case, can you believe that it has been nearly 42 hours of podcasting? I can, because I had to sit down and edit every one of those episodes. Yeah, that's right. Um, that's basically what I did in order to bring you this episode. Uh, hopefully, your interpretation of the best of 2017 tallies with my interpretation of the best of 2017, and if not, well, why don't you sit down in a dark room and edit 42 hours of podcasts yourself then? Be my guest! No, but seriously, thank you for supporting the show and listening to this. We we do appreciate it. I appreciate it. Um, and I also appreciate my uh, co-host who can't be here today. Uh, that is Alice Burden, Josh Bellman, Dan Offen, and Haran X, as well as all of the lovely comedians that have been on the show and have been happy enough to guest on this nonsense podcast about books and wacky characters and premises. That's kind of the pitch of this show, I guess. Um, look, I, 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 I can't tell you right now how much I hate doing this thing right here. I've, I've no idea what I'm saying. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm still not sure if I'm going to cut this or just leave it as is. But in any case, we hope you have enjoyed the show. Um, here are the best bits of 2017, part one, because obviously I wouldn't make anybody sit through the whole spiel. I had to edit together like nearly two hours and that just seems a bit too much actually getting you to sit through two hours of nonsense so we've cut it into two um the first part comes out today and the second part will come out at some point next week uh also i've just suddenly realized how weirdly egotistical it is to have an episode titled best of 2017 part one huh. I, I, I didn't really expect it to come across that way but well, yeah. Look, I'm doing it for you. I'm, this is a favor that I'm doing for you because I, you need to take a break. We Look, we do the show and we needed to take a break from it. So, you know, maybe even you need to take a break from this podcast at times. So there you go. You're welcome. Is there anything else I need to say? I don't know, really. Seems pretty self-explanatory. Uh, yeah, enjoy the episode and um, we'll be back pretty soon uh hope you all had a good christmas and a good new year's and here's to a uh here's to a good 2018 i guess uh yeah that's all i have to say okay enjoy the show bye 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 i love you bye make the rest of the book rather a waste you can guess it all from the first page not everyone's as smart as we are and was able to figure it out that quickly yeah 
Oh, so you see the rest of the, the rest of the book's very much a, uh, a helper's guide. To exactly. Yeah. It's like, guys, we've already told you, but don't worry, we're going to figure this out together. And here's some pissing stories just to keep you entertained I mean, along the way. And also, sometimes it's not about the end. It's about the, the ride. Mm. It's about the journey. Like Otherwise, I'd just read the last page of every book and be right. like, boom, got exactly. that. Yeah. This is fantastic. When you, get, when, you go, when you go on a train, you don't go on a train to get somewhere. If you go on a train for this journey, yeah, or, or to solve a murder mystery. You're um, on your own. Yeah, exactly. I did actually hear a really brilliantly drunk girl trying to flirt with a guy the other day on the street, and she was like, "It's not about, it's not the destination, it's the journey." <laughs> and he just walked oh, away. Beautiful. I was like, it's "Oh God!" So <laughs> she was inspiring. She was inspiring. That was that. That was basically <laughs> Rachel from this book, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm. But when I went up to her and I was like, "Did you kill someone?" She was like, "No," and then she walked away from me. Do you know? What a liar. liar. How would she know? She's probably unreliable as She fair. felt very unreliable, but lovely saying, and what an inspiring young lady. Sorry, is that your detective work? Do you murder someone? <laughs> <laughs> Just walk up to people in the street. Did you do it? <laughs> Did you do it? <laughs> Everybody has a different process of how to solve a mystery. Um, for some people, it's just asking them outright, did you murder them? For me, it's circling letters in books. Until you get the secret I, message. I tend, to play, I tend to play both the good cop and the bad cop um, simultaneously, which is just the mediocre cop. Um, <laughs> that's what I do. Um, hey, I find that works for me. But Daniel, can you play? <laughs> uh, I am very intrigued by this technique. Can you please interrogate Johnny Shanker? <laughs> so just so we can see how this works. But he's not murdered anyone. Yeah, but you don't know. We're gonna okay. Well, let's just indulge in this a little bit of role play, I guess. Okay. Okay. Like, how do you? Uh, let's see the mediocre cop in action. Okay. Um, first, I want to ask Johnny if he has murdered someone. He will communicate to me secret if he has. Have you murdered someone? Okay. Okay. Now I can be the adjudicator in the interrogation. Okay. Okay. Right. Um, would you like a cup of tea? Uh, yes, please. <laughs> Could you get him a cup of tea? Uh, sorry, am I in this role play? <laughs> yeah, oh, okay. You're no, my assistant. Wait, who? Okay. Oh, oh okay. All right, all right. Yeah, I'll get. Yes, boss. So, uh, mediocre <laughs> cop has an assistant. <laughs> <laughs> Shite cop. He's doing all right. He's doing all right. He's, he's, oh, I see. So, if he was. He's a bit older than a great cop would have an assistant. Yeah. It's taken him longer to get there. <laughs> he's taken him. Well, the British police uh, service is a hive of mediocrity. By the way, this interrogation is going swimmingly. <laughs> Right, the suspect is interrogating. He's flipped it on you. Now you are being interrogated. <laughs> That's how I work. Because now I've found out something about him. <laughs> what? I like tea. Yeah. This would be such ah, a good But the murderer too. liked tea. For me. See? He did it, I reckon. Was that the scene of the murderer? It was, I did this for tea. Yeah. And it's just the it's just the dead body and a cup of hot water with nothing in it. But well, you can tell by the bite marks that he was a man who enjoyed tea. That's what the boys down the lab have told me. They left stains on the neck. Yeah, tea stains. <laughs> so apparently, mediocre cops' interrogation techniques is to be to, to not even serve the tea and then break down in hysterical laughter. As the interrogator is interrogated himself. Yeah. This is this is a new technique. I have to say, I'm very impressed by this. Very impressed by this. That's normal. Always going to be a better sibling. In my family, it's me. 
you know it just happens you know I've got three older sisters I'm definitely the best right you know it's hard for them but you know that's just the truth yeah did your parents grade you as well from the system yeah Yeah. okay Okay. and I'm number one the best 10 out of 10 you got 10 you got nine brothers and sisters no no 10 out of like on a scale of Emily to Alice I'm 10 you're you get you've reached Alice on the scale yeah because Alice is the best do you not think that that's hard on the siblings that aren't Alice um, I mean speaking personally I'm not I know I'm not my parents favourite child um, oh. but I'm an only child <laughs> oh no that's so, even worse yeah I think it's I mean to be <laughs> fair why don't they like you <laughs> I mean I, I don't really uh, what, what do they do what are their jobs <laughs> what are their jobs what are their jobs who are my parents yeah um I don't know. I think that's the problem. Uh, so you haven't even tried to get to know them. Well, I tried, <laughs> but they they just don't talk to me. They're I, very They'll sort of be away for you know nine hours a day, uh, and then they'll come back, and I'll say, "Oh, hi, mum. H- how was work?" And she'll go, "None of your business." Um, oh man, that's, that's a tough. Yeah, it's a tough draw of the draw of the balls there. <laughs> This sounds like a classic case of uh, a a failure in communication between um, uh, the generations here. Um, It feels like um, you can't. They they feel like they can't communicate with you, and you feel like you're not interested in what they have to say. Uh, Classic, classic disparity between like um, uh, two generations. There, it happens all the time. Then, I mean, what I'm saying is, if I. Uh, I mean, heaven forbid, had any kind of accident uh, and ended up in a wheelchair, my mother would not try and set me up with the mother of dragons. That's well, we we know what your feelings on people with disabilities are anyway. So like, it's kind of a, a given that like nobody in your family you you would join the group opinion of not liking you. Yeah, surely your parents would just be like, oh, don't worry, we've already booked your appointment at Dignitas. <laughs> Even before we you were in when you were born, <laughs> when I was pregnant with you, I thought this this well, oh dear, oh dear, you put a baby into dignity. <laughs> Isn't that even a question? <laughs> no, because they're um they're pro life, oh, but right. they're anti Ben. <laughs> so I had they couldn't abort me. They I I had to be born. <laughs> Because otherwise they would go against the will of God. <laughs> but they just wanted rid of me. They're pro-life, but also pro-euthanasia. Yeah. Against their own child <laughs> before he's even come into the West. I mean, when it's when it's put in, when it's put into this stark con- like context, uh, sort of out of the context of years of familial. Uh, uh, tradition and love and they won't even tell you what they do when I when I talk about it like this in this way on a podcast I mean yeah they sound like monsters um, that I may have made up uh, <laughs> for attention um, but that's just what they might that's what they drive me to I, I like the idea of your um, your parents being pro-life but anti-Ben as if they were like riding out the pregnancy and saying to each other well let's see let's see if this turns out to be a Ben <laughs> And if it is, Dignitas. Yeah, and unfortunately on the, uh, was it Alice to Emily scale? Uh, no, Emily to Alice. Emily, Emily oh, being zero, Alice being ten. Well, you see, Helen and Ruth are in there somewhere, two and three. But you see, Ben isn't even on that scale. 
I think that was the problem. Um, I was actually, uh, I think I was intended to be an Emily. Um, That's not good. No, but it's better than a Ben. Yeah. I can't help but feel that the uh, your, your, your parents kind of um, set themselves up for this by giving you the name Ben as well, uh, which was their prerogative, uh, I, I guess. I don't think it was their choice. <laughs> the doctor just say, no, you lot, listen up. This is this a Ben. This is a Ben. I've, I've done a lot of this. <laughs> I've seen it. I've seen a lot of babies. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm sorry to, sorry to say, but your son's been diagnosed with Benjaminism. <laughs> they, they saw it on the on the on the prenatal scans. They said, "Oh, doctor, what what have we got coming?" Oh, I'm afraid. This explains it's so much. It explains a lot of your your, your political views. It explains yeah, those hallmark those um ableism. those hallmark cards that say commiserations. It's a Ben. Yeah. This, yeah, so really, the reason that you hate disabled people is because you yourself are disabled with Benjaminism. Look, I said when I came on this podcast, <laughs> I, I, to <laughs> I told myself I wouldn't cry. It's all right, it's all right. This is not the first time this has happened uh, on this podcast. Things get kind of emotional sometimes, Ben. Um, and sometimes people realise stuff about themselves on the show. And I did say that this book was dealing with heavy, heavy subjects. So let it all out. I mean, it was just when you used the technical uh, Benjaminism that's like, that's what it is. Because it, this, by the way, I mean, we shorten it to Ben's, but it doesn't affect Benedict's. It's just Ben, like old Ben Cumberbatch. He's all, he's fine. People love him. He's got a weird face and yet people love him. But any Benjamin. What about? Benjamin Franklin was there was their take on him uh, I hate him yeah he's just not popular Benjamin Netanyahu so I can't even say his name like. no that's not Benjamin though is it what it's about not Benjamin I mean you know does that ben affect Benjamins as well uh, as it, Benjamins it's the, it's the same uh, Benjamin is you know from the Hebrew root son of my right hand um, meaning uh, the son that I smack with my right hand um because it's stronger than the left from from the Hebrew yeah what about Ben Affleck I mean, oh, does no. anyone like Ben Affleck Ben Affleck is the Benjaminism poster boy like he's possibly one of the least mm. liked Benjamins in the whole history which what about is ben something Ooh. he's racist isn't he? <laughs> he forever getting cast as people that are not his race <laughs> well, isn't he mixed race? He is mixed race. And so he, he didn't he play a character which was half of his race? <laughs> he's played, he's played, I've seen him play Asian people, black people and Chinese people. Okay, he can't be three races. <laughs> okay, but the Chinese one, I think the Chinese one he's talking about is Mandarin and it's explicitly said that he's blatantly not Chinese and it's all fake anyway. Spoiler alert for Iron Man 3, by the way. Uh, Benjamin Kingsley is Chinese. <laughs> I don't know why that's a spoiler alert, but like, it should have been obvious. Like, but somehow it's a major plot point that Benjamin Kingsley's not actually Chinese. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I'm getting all choked up about that. Oh, sorry. Is this the same as I like to also say? It's like in Memento, how how the 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 police officer mm. he's not black. <laughs> spoiler alert. <laughs> Batman. Also, Batman's not black either. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. That's how spoilers work. <laughs> spoiler alert. Bruce Willis 
is white in the same sense. Wow, yeah. uh, didn't see that one coming. Yeah, the classic twist there. Um, Good. Well, ghost stuff on our white, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, yeah, it's true, it's true. Um, <laughs> spoiler alert. Ghosts are white. Ghosts are white. Classic, and, and, and now it's getting even further with like people like casting like um, Scarlett Johansson and Ghost Michelle mm. and Emma, Emma Stone in Aloha. Spoiler alert: she's not actually Chinese. And um, spoiler alert: Arnold Schwarzenegger not a robot. <laughs> Everybody's different dumping techniques. Then I guess well, I just I mean, sprint away. You sprint away. You run away. I just sprint. You don't even say any words. You just run away. Well, no, because the relationship is over, <laughs> and I don't need I don't need them anymore. Well, I don't need them. I, I'm my own man. But how do they know that the relationship's over? As I mean, you, if you haven't said anything, they could just assume that you just ran away. Yeah. And yeah, then but that, what happens when they phone you up and say, why did you run away? Don't answer. <laughs> you just ghost people. No, I, I just run away. It's not the same. It, well, I don't ghost them. If you, I mean, first, okay, I'm going to come clean with you. Is that I also just get a new phone as well. So I get rid of that number and I get a new number. Right, you have burner so, phones, basically. You use burner phones. Every date you go on. Yeah, but I don't want to get hurt. So, and, and that's, what, that's what this thing is about love, is that... Is that I just don't believe that Noah and, and Ali. Why would they? Why would they just still be together after so much time? When because then one of them might die and they'll be sad. It's true. I, it just I, doesn't make sense. Why doesn't he dump her? Well, he does. Sprinting he does. away. He, Noah. Noah is constantly dumping Ali, but because she has Alzheimer's, she never remembers that she's been dumped. It's he like that a, film Fifty First Dates, but more like Fifty Last Dates. <laughs> How do you how do you dump people? Honestly? Oh, I never have to. You never have to. You only married for one time. What? Well, okay, hypothetical. If you had to, if you had to dump Sarah, right? Oh, I don't want to think about that. She's she's doing very well. Think about it as a mystery you need to solve, though. Mm. The mystery of how I dump my wife. I'd probably, maybe I'd murder someone, and then right, right, the right, clues. Right. Each of the beginning of the clues would begin with a different letter. <laughs> So, oh, so I, I thought you were going somewhere else with this. I'd, I'd put uh, the body, I'd murder them in Detroit to begin with D. So that's the clue. The place where you've murdered no, the no. person. And then the and not even the place, like the city. And the, the murder weapons. No, not even D. the city, it's the first letter of the name of the city. <laughs> and, you, and you end someone's life. And the murder weapon would be a. Umbrella? Umbrella. And my accomplice would be Mr. Finch. <laughs> Why couldn't it be somebody whose name began with M? I don't know anyone whose name began with M. I'd have to make a new friend. She's not going to know if I make me. So I've got to find someone that I know, Mr. Finch. <laughs> okay, then, right, yeah. And then I, uh, I would. Uh, I would place the umbrella in, <laughs> into their body. <laughs> See, that spells out dump. So you should know she'd been dumped. <laughs> <laughs> and she's gonna get the pee. You sure she's gonna get the pee? She's very, she's very good. Have you listened to the serial podcast? Yeah, she didn't get it. She didn't answer the question, did she? She didn't work it out. I don't know. She told me that she did. 
I mean, oh, but it just hasn't hasn't announced the truth. I don't. I've not listened. To, I don't know what's happened in the past. I won't listen to it. I think she's. I think what's going to happen is you're going to murder somebody, and she's not going to know she's being yeah. dumped. I think you. And then you're going to go to prison. And also, you're going to have to at some point probably write a note saying, "Look, this is what I did. <laughs> this is what all the letters spell out. Do you get it now?" Well, okay. I'm not saying I'm going to do this. I don't want to break up with my wife. But when you're, you're in prison, when to... you're in prison as well, she'll get. She'll be recording her podcast about the murder and how what happened. And you're receiving a call from Maryland Prison. <laughs> I don't know. I don't like. I'd rather be in Maryland Prison. Because M, right? Oh. Dump. Dump them. <laughs> Dump them. Yeah. That's not a word. Dump. Mm, and then, like, you had the phone call with your uh, best friend, Elliot. So it's like Elliot. E. E. Dump me. Dump me. Uh, uh, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you have to, do you have a friend called Elliot? I'd have to make one. Yeah, you'll have to. You have What's to work Mr. Finch's first name? Uh, Chris. No. Chris Finch. <laughs> yeah, he was a sort of fictional character from uh, The Office. And, and, <laughs> and, and you and your wife always refer to him as Mr. Finch, though. So she'll get that. She'll get like, well, Mr. Finch begins with an M, obviously. So. She, she doesn't know him. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a fictional character from the hit ABC television series, <laughs> The Office. No, 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 not the, the, the BBC television series. Oh, yeah. right. Finchy, Finchy. I have, I've not watched, I don't watch American television. <coughs> oh, why? Um, I think it's shallow. 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 <laughs> shallow, shallow, shallow. I don't, I don't think it's any good. Well, I think, okay, right. Well, I think Steve's idea, Steve's idea is sort of aligned with mine, right? That reinforces yeah, what yeah, I yeah. said. Yeah. I mean, I think Steve's gone into way more effort than you have, though. Um, in when yeah, but thing. Steve's an amateur. You just run away. You yeah. don't even murder anyone. I mean, yeah, I don't, because I'm not a murderer. <laughs> I'm not a murderer either. Not, not yet. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, uh, yep. Well, not, not allegedly. I, I'm, 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 How would you I'm kill only... somebody with an umbrella? The open court case is not... Well, I don't want to discuss the details of an open court case. Wait, hold on a second, hold on a second. You are... Are you trying to say that you are currently under investigation at the moment for murdering somebody with an umbrella? I, I, that's all I can discuss. Right, okay. <laughs> has this... Has this dumping been some sort of really poorly thought out confession? Like a really, really poorly thought out, almost semi-improvised confession on air. How many people listen to this podcast? Uh, Twelve. <laughs> Twelve people. Twenty-five subscribers on SoundCloud, and only three of them are um, not human. Are, are, are any of those uh, British judges? Um, I don't know. I haven't done. But the you research. murdered them in Britain. You murdered the person in Britain. I, 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 Wait, did you? Did you? Uh, well, first of all, we don't know if he murdered anybody. Right. I think he might have given the game away a bit, but like we don't know if he's actually murdered anybody. We don't know. Uh, well, I, I, it's difficult to tell, is it? Right. I don't know how crimes get investigated here, but in America we tend to investigate them over podcast. Um, and I've been doing uh, a podcast about someone else's murder. Right. Oh, so it's somebody else's murder, but you like. But apparently, someone's starting a podcast on me. Uh, investigating the murder. Yeah. Is it okay. your wife? Has your wife started a podcast about you investigating the murder? Well, no, is it called? Is it called? <laughs> <laughs> An idiot's guide to podcasting. No, I don't know what you're talking about. No, it's called Brand Voice. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's my podcast. Okay, sorry.
Jones though and what she represents like uh, in terms of like the modern woman uh, the what they coin the phrase having it all syndrome um, which is like which doesn't sound as serious as Alzheimer's disease but still quite a legitimate <laughs> medical complaint itself like like if you had having it all syndrome it sounds like you've got all the diseases doesn't it yeah um, but you have all the diseases when they all cancel each other out well that's a, that's a very good like that bit in the Simpsons Oh, is there a bit in The Simpsons? Yeah, where well, Mr. Burns has all the diseases. Okay. Well, well, unintentional. <laughs> that, that I'm relatively convinced Harren is, you know those uh, <laughs> algorithm robots that are just fed a load of phrases and then build a... Uh, Harren's just one of those. Or build a personality. Yeah, out of it, just yeah. built out The Simpsons. <laughs> the Simpsons um, did it, including my personality, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> Um, uh, I'm, I'm, no, but I mean that's yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Um, but like, neural I, networks, that's the reason. Yeah, what, what, what do we think about this? What, what, how do we feel about like uh, the, this, the major conflict within Bridget Jones is the fact that Bridget Jones is a woman who wants to have uh, be taken seriously in a career and have the high flying job, but also she wants um, stability and security in a relationship. Um, and it's a constant war between herself trying to uh, live up to society, what society expects of her to do and how she, she finds a lot of them, well, she can't resolve these sort of contradictions within her own character. That's not the case for everybody, though. Mm. I mean, Maria here, she, she's up in the old. She's got a full Oxbridge education. Well, 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 at 18. Right, I went a year early. Oh, wow. She, she, she went a year yeah, early, you're, you're still done. You're still 18, like, yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Three years early. Mm. When when I was so we just met. Mm. Then I was like, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm about to go to university. So we moved to Oxford for three years. Which uh, uh, which college were you at? Uh, Corpus Christi. I Corpus Christi. <laughs> did you what did you study? English literature. Oh, oh, that's why your insights has been so. I was wondering, like this. She's got some. I love books. Everybody does, right? Am I right? Everybody loves books. Were you books. ever on University Challenge? No. Oh. So did you, I'm uh, a woman! <laughs> I thought as a burglar you would have wanted to not pay any tuition fees and therefore go to Scottish University. Oh! Oh, don't worry, I've got plenty of money. Ooh. Plenty, pal. And you should see how the bank I can't. It's like the Great Wall of China now. I was wondering, <laughs> you, uh, you do... Besides, I... <laughs> Invaded by Mongolia. I, I got a bursary for being a young'un. A wee bairn, just a wee baby when I went to uni. A little baby bicho, as we say in Espanoli. I like the characters from our book, the book that we did, Ender's Game. Aye, uh, uh, aye, yeah. and I got, so I got given. And so, because I went three years ago, it was before the 9,000. Right. No, it wasn't. Well, <laughs> it doesn't matter because I got it all for free. She she finished the years ago, so but she actually went six years ago. Right, <laughs> so when she was twelve, <laughs> she's very intelligent and very mature. Yeah, I well, let's have you not so. picked uh, up on that? I mean, I have. It's just that the, the age she went to university seems to be going back every <laughs> single time we ask about well, it. Well, stop asking questions. <laughs> Maybe we can't tell you the truth. If you can't handle the truth, get out of the kitchen. Aye. <laughs> yeah. The truth, yeah, it. The truth kitchen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cooking up some truth. Aye. It's like in that film, A Few Good Men, where like, it says, you can't handle the truth, better leave the kitchen then, I guess. <laughs> if, uh, Thanks, Jack Nicholson, for pointing you, that out to me. If you were to cook truth, what method would you use? Boil. 
boil you boil, I'd saute it oh god boil I mean that's so un like come on boiling stuff is one of the worst ways to cook anything yeah it is Aye, but you have to really get that truth nice and hot there's 100 is that, degrees is that the only way to get stuff to, hot though by you boiling have to it boil it Watch that. You have to watch that truth boil. You've got to, well, I thought like, a watch truth never boils, though. Isn't that like they're saying? You, you no. can't watch it. Okay, alright. Wrong. Shut it Incorrect. Down. Who went to Oxford University here? <laughs> she did. Okay, fair And the enough. fact that you think fair that enough. you are more correct than she is because you're a man. Well, I didn't say that, no. Uh, I think you did. Shows you haven't learned anything from that's her book. It's like men do, they don't count their calories. They don't, they don't think about their weight. They don't wear ugly pants. They don't, they're oh, none of these I things. I didn't know like that. Listen to her, she's no. telling you, boy. Okay, look, if there was anything, if there was anything, I inadvertently- I'm Where did you go to university? I, I, I didn't Chico? go to university. Where did you, you go to university? Mata. I didn't. Uh, um, I went to the University of Bucharest. Where did you go to university? Um, Warwick. Uh, you're the best. I'm young. the best. Uh, I'm the best. This is. Oh, 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 oh. Well, look. I would like to point out, as somebody who did not have the uh, opportunities of going to university, I don't appreciate the way that you've gone. Apparently, gone to university to use it as a cudgel to beat other people. It's not a contest. Going to university is not like a competition. Send so yeah. a loser. Send yeah. a loser. 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 <laughs> That's not that's not cool guys. That's not Nobody cool. Asked me where, I'm, I'm actually going university. back to my PhD. Yeah. You've already got a masters. <laughs> well, oh, yeah. Oxford, I went to Oxford, Oxford it automatically converts to a masters after a year. So uh, um, that PhD is not known as PhD in Oxford, of course. It's no. I'm not going to it, Oxford. Okay. Where are you going to be doing the PhD? I'm going to stay in Edinburgh with my babies. Oh, okay. All right. So you Edinburgh University is cool. And you don't have to pay for the fees up there? Or maybe you do. It's a PhD, yeah. It's a PhD, yeah. Worry, yeah. Who's funding you? Your, which body's funding your... GlaxoSmithKline. Because our chemical company are uh, funding your English literature. No, it's not English literature. <laughs> hey, I've got two degrees. I've got one. <laughs> what is all this second? One in English from Oxford. Yeah. Right. And I've got one um, in pharmaceutical um, medicine from Edinburgh. But she stole that one. When did you? Okay, so <laughs> how long have you been going to university? And did these two? Nine years. Jesus. Nine okay. years now. Since you were nine. So you went to Edinburgh when you were nine to study pharmaceutical, <laughs> and then you went to Oxford when you were twelve to do English, English literature. Then you did a masters <laughs> at some point. No, mate. You weren't listening. From Edinburgh and Oxford, they convert automatically. You are masters. a numpty. You Absolutely. know what a numpty is. I do. Do you know what a numpty is? Yes, I do. Did you know you are one of those? If you look up numpty in the dictionary, it's just a picture of you. No, yes, it's not. You get a numpty. clear and concise definition. That's what dictionaries are for. <laughs> not, yeah, they don't uh, use pictures sorry, in dictionaries. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> the last time you saw oh, a dictionary. Sorry, sorry. Oxford, <laughs> Oxford <laughs> University. You went to Oxford here? I did. I think I know. Yeah. I've been to Oxford. You go, girl. Don't give a shit. You've been to you've Oxford. You've been to Oxford. You've been to Oxford. You've the town. Yeah, yeah. I've also been to Oxford for three years. <laughs>
That's more years than you filed. Right. I didn't know they got they did had English literature uh, prodigies. I She's thought normally prodigies were in like sciences. No, oh, like in the yeah. in techno bands. Yeah, yeah. Mm. or rappers. Anyway. Are the prodigy techno? They're not. That was that was my old that was my old timers disease coming through. <laughs> what um, genre would you say the prodigy are? Huh, um, I would say dance music. I guess Just dance. Isn't dance. It? Yeah. Is uh, it big beat? Big beat. Is brief period. I would say. Uh, by the way, Ben, I ha I've never said I really appreciate when whenever we talk about music and nobody gives a shit about the podcast. I thought the Wu Tang stuff went down really well on the last episode, uh, but um, but nobody appreciates. No it. one fucked with it. Nobody fucked <laughs> with it. Wu Tang clan ain't nothing to fuck with. And kids. But like, yeah, yeah. So how, how old was your one? Tuesday. How's my week? Fine. I didn't. How old were you when you met? Fifteen. Oh, okay, Fifteen. Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. But we didn't do anything. Aaron just likes numbers. He just likes numbers. No, yeah. We kept it by the by the book. We're both celibates, Will. Oh. <laughs> You've got two children. <laughs> <laughs> we were. There's nothing dodgy going on here, pal. Have you stolen these still, children? You steal the sperm. No, 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 no. We're not celibate. We were yes. until I was sixteen. Right. Ah, and so how old were you when right. she was 16? 38. That's quite what, because you were 40 too earlier. Oh, it's so old. <laughs> we do this every podcast, we get into some sort of deep mathematical. No, discussion. it's just, my husband's so Don't you like old. it when people do that? <laughs> <laughs> no, we quibble right. about ages. That happens to me every day of my life. And they say, like, are you really 36? Uh, let's work this out from my, let's, start, let's work backwards from the age that you said. I always do that. Look, I have to do that. What's important is that we love each other. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. And we've got, got two beautiful children. What? Mm. I don't like Pedro. Yeah, 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 okay, fair enough. They're, they're alright. What Molly? Molly, Pedro, yeah. need us. And if you want to take that away from nobody would know if you want to, if you want to break apart another marriage, another I've marriage. I've had you've, you've done that before. We, no, that was you can't that blame the show for that. You can't blame that show. I blame the that, show. That marriage was clearly on the rocks. That relationship was not going to work out. Which relationship were we talking about? I think we're talking about like um, uh, what's his name? The Australian. Yes, Clive. He yeah. was divorced when he came on the podcast. Mm. Hey, but he was divorced because he had decided to come on the podcast. <laughs> I spoke to him. <laughs> All right. Okay. Oh, you know him. You know him. Oh, aye, he's a good pal. We stole him. We're staying with him. We're down in London. We're stealing, really? We're stealing a Where's he live again? Where's he live again? <laughs> Kilburn. Kilburn, that's it. That's Kilburn. Right. Kilburn. His wife lives at Wilston Green. That's right. Well remembered, well remembered. Um, very he good. went, we went to uni together. In Oxford. Uh, he went to Oxford. Aye. <laughs> I, I did not know that. I, he did, he did do English. Can I just say he as well? He was in my home. Class act, class act, because he didn't Aye, even mention once the fact that he went to Oxford. <laughs> he's, <laughs> very he's very modest. He's very modest. He didn't make us feel bad for like, ah, oh, no. like, for, for make me feel bad for not he going to Well, he's missed a trick there, hasn't he? <laughs> so, I don't think he should do that, though. I he think did. it's a classy thing you know to what? do. He did it, you know, he did PPE. What is PPE? Particles, <laughs> uh, postbones. My husband's not very well educated. <laughs> and. Politics, Pringles. philosophy, That's P -P -P. economics. <laughs> Home economics. Okay. He could have been Prime Minister. What? Anyone could have been Prime Minister. He was in the Bullington Club. Who? Clive. The Bullington Club in Oxford. Aye. That's I where they come from, I just remembered. <laughs> I thought it was Cambridge, but yeah. it's not. 
Fair enough. Um, were you were you part of the Oxford Review? I. Did you know Alex Farrow? No. Oh, was he a part of the Oxford? <laughs> no, no one cares. Sorry, I just thought I'd made this podcast accessible to one person. <laughs> Again, <laughs> you listen to it in the future. <laughs> oh, better better get my own like approval for this joke. I'm doing his gig. Yeah, it's a nice, it's a nice book. Um, <laughs> um, Should we get it? Have you, have you got points raised about the book? Um. What are we talking about? The book! It's <laughs> basically uh, a classic case of uh, Mamara Motswe kind of feeling a conflict between her um, herself as a independent, basically independent woman, who's also like having to hold up the uh, and uh, the patriarchy. Like oh, Scotland. Oh, 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 yeah, what kind of woman did you say? Fiercely independent. independent. Oh, like Scotland, okay, okay, propping okay. up, propping, in their words, propping up England. Don't encourage him. I, oh, I know this is He's like... seen in between the cracks. You're looking past the fact yeah. that she's a woman though, and focusing on the Scottish thing, which is never mentioned in this book. Exactly. What you think? Propaganda says, "Hey, listen here, guys. I'm propaganda." Yes. Well, you're wrong. <laughs> it does though. That's impropaganda. Okay. I'm talking about propaganda. You, okay. All right. All right. I, I I take on board your point. I I do. I don't think, think you do. Well, I, th- I think you're shoehorning in a reading that's not necessarily present with the text. Shoehorning. Shoehorning. I think that's. I think that's but fair to say. I don't understand where uh, the proper gander comes into this. Uh, there's like, no mention of geese at all. Like, there's yeah. a because a country borders Botswana. It's called Prop Uganda. <laughs> I think that's yeah. that's where it comes. Propped from. up by who? It's Scot- <laughs> the Scottish. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. You're so smart. Shane, it seems like it you're on your own. Shane? Like, sometimes, <laughs> Shane. you know what? As, as Alexander Pope once said, you will know a true genius has arrived in the world when he is beset on all sides by a confederacy of dancers. So, happy to be in a minority. I, I Not know. for the first time as well. You know who else said that? <laughs> Charles Manson. <gasps> when did he say that? He also said it just yes. like you. <laughs> you were the... Oh you, my gosh! He did say that. What kind of helter-skelter plan have you got, Chin Shane? <laughs> Chin Shane? Chin Shane! Okay, sorry. Oh, don't, don't, don't make this about my racism. You're the racist. Chin Chang? It's like a, a racist snake eating its own tail. <laughs> a racist urubu. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which he will never refer to him as, as because it's a foreign word. Uh, but I think we've gotten past the point of like what we were discussing, um, which is who is what what is but Botswana? What is modern day Botswana like? Is it a place that you would like to live? Do you think it's a it's a happy place? Does it feel modern? How does this tally with like these cases, which all seem very modern? And then when she gets a serious case where she has to investigate a missing child who may have been kidnapped in order to. Uh, be murdered for the purposes of witch uh, of witch doctors' medicine. Like this is a clash of cultures, really, within the uh, modern day uh, Botswana, modern day Botswana and the old ways. Do you think that the the book is trying to uh, push forward an, uh, an idea that Botswana still has a lot of the vestiges of path of the past to work through, whilst at the same time still being quite a happy, joyous place to live in? Yeah, well, no, I, I would agree. I think it's. It portrays Botswana in a fairly kind of old Amish kind of, you know, sort of backward primitive. Don't way. get me started on the Amish. <laughs> I mean, she doesn't even have any 
gadgets as a detective. Whereas back in the nineties, there was this detective that had lots of gadgets. Who was he? What was his name? James Bond. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Is he a, was he a detective? <laughs> yes, he was. In Sweden, we had him as a detective. Okay. <laughs> he used to go, go, go. They dubbed all of the, the movies. Right, right, right. Okay. I thought he was a spy. Oh, uh, well, no. Are you sure about that? Are you... I can just say no, can't I? <laughs> it's true, it's true. We could, I mean, I could call you up on that, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to. Um, I, I'm pretty sure he's a spy, though. He's a spy. Oh. I never saw it that way. <laughs> but how did... Oh. Okay. Okay, right. Blowing minds today, blowing minds today. Um, My mind was blown young. <laughs> I'd probably go to a like, neurologist about that, um, actually. I'm kind of concerned about the sudden surges in your accent all over the place. Uh, Me too. Yeah, it's, it's worrying, it's worrying. Um, Me too. Meat. Ooh. I see where you're going with this. <laughs> You're saying that the meat industry is another opiate of the masses. Yeah, sure. Okay, why not? <laughs> what about that? You want to you want to expand upon that? I feel like I have another ally. Upon that. Expound upon that. Pond. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No. Now I see. You're mocking my very detailed deconstruction of propaganda. Proper, <laughs> no. Like I said, it is all about the yeast. Mm. The, the yeast. yeast? No, the yeast. <laughs> the geese. That's those are ducks. The gaggles. The gaggles. No. Ge- geese go. <laughs> ha ha. Where is that goose gone? <laughs> I can hear him. He's in a room. Sometimes you have to learn how to sound like a geese if you want to expose a geese farm. Wow. That's okay. what I'm gonna say. That's. Ooh, that sounds like there's a story behind that. Which I shall not tell you. Okay, that's fine, that's fine. Oh, no. We are running short on time anyway. So, um... Really? <laughs> um, I want to I bring up this... What is this book? <laughs> I want to bring up this point about like uh, uh, her being a lady detective, right? Okay, do you think her being a lady necessarily uh, gives her an advantage over, say, a man? Yes. How? How? Because people uh, don't expect it from her. She's so sneaky, she can come in, she'll be like, Oh, I'm a lady, oh, oh, and then everyone says, I'm from a little boy's detective agency. <laughs> Nobody takes her seriously. But right, right. she's actually a very smart uh, woman, and she can uh, do very good things on a dartboard. So you think it's because I, she's living in a society where women are underestimated, yes. she can basically... Uh, Solve cases because people just give away all their stuff. Thinking people like, are so do. cocky around her. Right, she right, gets right. to capitalize on everybody. So cocky. She go, oh, I get you, you fucker. I come. <laughs> <laughs> you stop being so cocky. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> she speaks like a French pirate. <laughs> 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 um, that's, yes, that's true. She does speak. A bit. That's the second line, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> yes. This yes. is precious. The same precious as from the movie <laughs> in 2009. <laughs> Where Mariah Carey was yeah. there. Yeah. She's, she's moved to Botswana. She's moved to Botswana now and she has a good job job and she's yeah. sorted all of her things out and she's lost mm. a lot of weight and Yep, yep. But she, but she's picked up a bit of an accent. She's picked up a French pirate's <laughs> accent because she went over on the French pirate from, <laughs> from the one that from, was on Captain Phillips. 
She was oh. like, look at me. Exactly. I'm the captain now. Like, I'm, look at me. I'm the detective now. That's, um, that's basically what happened. Mm -hmm. like, uh, you guys are really joining the dots here. <laughs> I like this a lot. That's Keep going. Works. That's how it works. Like, you Keep going. Don't you stop. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it works, by the way. If you ever want a job and you want to make a big change in life, you just say to everybody, look at me. I'm the captain now. And everybody's like, yeah, yeah, fair point. Right, you're a f you, you oh, are I a have an idea. Wait, one second. Shane, look at me. I am the host now. Oh, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> so this oh my god, what do we think about the movie? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so, so, so what do you think about him being a lady? Well, in Botswana. Uh, it's not, not, not such an easy job, but you can have it back. <laughs> okay, okay, well, we can't give me. You are the captain. Now. <laughs> right, right. Technically, I had to say that. Look at me, I am the host now. Okay, oh, alright, alright. And we're back in. We're back in. <laughs> so, what is this book about? I think we know <laughs> what this book is about. Does <laughs> anybody else want to have a stab at it? I'm just saying, like... Well, Haran, you did not say a bloody fucking thing. Uh, oh, no, oh, sorry. You pull your way to lazy poo-poo-poo. Yeah, well, was the question about, was about um, being a woman? Being a, what do you no, think it's about being a woman? It's a rhetorical question, it's a li literary term. I'm having trouble giving up my hosting. <laughs> <laughs> That's what, I know, it's addictive, isn't it? Power addictive. corrupts. Yeah. We know this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You should never say the words, look at me, I am the something now, unless you really mean it though. And I didn't why. mean it. You didn't mean it, and that's what happens. You, you, you reap the whirlwind, as they say. I don't know what that means. How can you reap a whirlwind? I believe you reap what you sow. Reap. What? Don't fear the <laughs> reaper. Reap so. Reap so. So what? So many chemicals in the water. <laughs> I think we're all on the same page here. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Finally. Pages. Pages. What's in books? Pages. Books. Books. Have pages. Books. 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 Yes, I will. Um, my, my excerpt is, uh, is, is it's about three pages. Uh, it's from the um, Samwell uh, oh, chapter two. Fan favorite Samwell. I won't spoil what happens in the first chapter, but Samwell he has quite the character arc, so he's in a completely different situation. So let me begin. Samwell chapter two. King's Landing was aching bad for justice. In days recent, crime had soared high. The economy had failed in the new country. And by new, I mean 20,000 years old. The iron bankers had all satisfied their bank accounts with all the money left in the country somehow. The iron bankers then stored the money in offshore accounts in the free cities and got away with it real well. Crime was pretty bad, but Samuel Tarley was just the man for the job. Samuel Tarley would set it all straight one night. Gods, help! A woman cried into the night. Samuel Tarley heard the woman scream. He sat in a tavern, smoking a pipe. The gods don't exist, Samuel Tarly whispered in the empty tavern. 
Samuel Tarley lifted his shirt and pressed a burning ember of his pipe onto his stomach as he flexed. <laughs> this was the only way he put out his pipes. <laughs> Coughing up a laugh, Samuel Tarley walked towards the woman screaming for help. The city torches were dim as everybody's hope. He continued to walk, looking as he flexed his arms. His tight black nightwatch jeans made the bulge of his wieners seem more massive than a lot of things. Wet parchment papers threw on the black tar top hinting that a hideous apocalypse was near. Yeah. He flexed the, he flexed again, then grabbed for his bulge. He grabbed the penis with his whole hand and gave it a firm adjusting. The wind blew the rubbish in the, in a tornado, which went all over the place between buildings into the alleys. Then he spit on the ground. Oh no! Stop you monsters! Monsters! The woman screamed again. I'm coming! Daddy's coming! <laughs> Samuel Tarly talked to the wind like easy small folk jazz into the night. He turned the corner into the alley to find a woman pinned on the ground. Two men were teaming up on her. It was animalistic. It was raw. Samuel Tarly knew the drill. He beat their asses. Then he gets to know the girl, and he, she owes her life to him. He knew it all too well. You punks, what a tight hole to fuck! <laughs> Samuel Tarly announced. The two men looked up at Samuel Tarly. They saw in his eyes a sparkle of justice, and they knew he had, they had trouble, something fierce, coming their way. Why don't you walk away before we mess you up, bitch? One of them yelled like a wild maniac elephant. Samuel Tarly walked closer to them. The woman felt Samuel Tarly's manliness, and she was instantly turned on by him. He approached quick. One of them stood to his feet and put his fists up. You know where I'm going to put them fists? Samuel Tarly asked, but not, did not need an answer. Probably up your ass. The guy answered. The woman let out another scream like a cat being held down while its stomach scratched and petted. You guessed wrong, punk, Samuel Tarly replied. So, tell him what he's won, Johnny. Samuel Tarly shouted, and the other guy still on top of the woman. Samuel Tarly did a roundhouse kick. The heel of his boot met the dude's face. Blood went everywhere. Samuel Tarly had broke the guy's neck and his head was hanging loose on top of his shoulder. Samuel knew his power. The guy with the broken neck fell to the ground with a loud thud. The alley was red with the intensity of the blood. You killed him! The guy on top of the woman screamed. You're next, Samuel Tarly declared. The woman lay there. Her heart rate rose like mercury in a thermometer, or whatever the Westerosi equivalent of a thermometer is, resting under a fevered tongue. Samuel Tarly threw caution to the wind and ran as fast as powerful as he could towards the man. He was a dangerous man, but Samuel Tarly knew danger all too well. Samuel Tarly danced on the Great Wall once with three unleashed lions. He had slept outside in the icy tundra of the far north with a lighter and a roll of razor wire and was found frozen, but he was able to come back to life like Jon Snow once he was fought out. Samuel Tarly cut his cocaine with danger. <laughs> Samuel Tarly flew through the air with a cool song playing in his head. The bear and the maiden fair was that song. 
The heel of his boot met the dude's face, and the guy's jaw fell to the ground as Samuel Tali boot hit his face. The woman was covered in blood instantly, and the wet fragments of pulp mixed with teeth and bone fell all over her luscious body. It splattered all over her face and ran down her, ran down her really great boobs. Samuel Tali noticed her boobs the minute he landed on the ground. You're gonna eat that? Samuel Tali asked the woman. She laid there like a lioness in heat. Oh, you're the strongest man I've ever met, she said with a velvet voice. Samuel Tali stood there and flexed until his shirt ripped in various places. I am the strongest person I've ever met, babe. He spoke like angels sing. She whipped away the blood from her face and most importantly her boobs. <laughs> Some fragments of bone and teeth were shot and poked into her perfect skin as she tried to wick it all away. Samuel Tali became aroused. Get on your knees and tell me you love me, baby. Pointing with his index finger at his tight bulge. She scrambled to his thighs and took his pants down to his knees. She put his hard cock in her mouth. Oh, baby. Oh. This is such a great huge dick. She gobbled the words out. I know, baby. He grasped his wiener and smacked her on the side of his face with it. The blood splattered a bit and little speckles of blood landed on Samuel Charlie's chin. That a girl, put it all the way in your mouth. You're so safe, it's fucktastable. Her body quivered as she creamed her garment in anticipation of Samuel Tali porting her soft vagina. Samuel Tali took out a cigarette and lit it up. The light from the flame of his lighter illuminated the alley. He looked at the two dead dudes on the ground and saw all the blood. He flexed his cock in rejoice of the victory. His dick inflated a bit and he moaned with satisfaction. The one guy with the broken neck had black, red, thick blood bubbles compound from the compound fracture on his neck. The bubbles made a greasy slapping noise and Samuel Tarly smiled because he knew no more harm would come to this woman's way. Really, I'm a cum. I love you so much, he grunted. His words made her orgasm instantly and she squirted her juices. She slipped through her panties and jeans. Samuel Tali could smell her sweet juice. Samuel Tali came a cup and a half of jizz and blasted the woman's head back at a noticeable amount. He lifted his shirt and put his cigarette out. The woman hugged Samuel Tali's thighs. The torches in the streets hum their beautiful melodies and the planet talked to the stars in a glorious praise that mankind will never know because justice was served. <laughs> that was um, amazing, yeah. That was brilliant. That was possibly one of the finest chapters in the uh, whole book. Joe, walk us through why this was your particular choice uh, for this episode. I think it was the imagery, really. It really just sort of like, it just leaps out of the page. Um, I mean, sort of, yeah, it was just, you know, it was quite, there was quite a lot going on, really. And Samuel, he's been building up to this point for some time, really. You right, know, right, sort right, right. Of, he used to be quite shy and introverted. Um, and, you know, over the course of the novels, you've seen him become more assertive to the point where it seems quite plausible that he could, you know, kick a man's head off. Right, 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 absolutely. Um, 
quite a sizable amount. Very obviously, I mean, uh, in the books, obviously, it's stated that he is a 16 year old boy still, and it's incredible that he's developed in such a short space of time to this um, muscled mm. uh, Adonis who can seemingly flex everything. Uh, yes, yeah, he's no longer a boy. I would say after that, he's, oh, he's, no. he's quite a man. No, oh, quite absolutely. a man. I, I, I found it interesting as well reading the chapter um, that you read because. George R. R. Martin has stated repeatedly in his interviews that um, he sees himself as Samwell mm. in the books. Mm. Um, so I can understand why he'd write that. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Mm. He, I think like, he's finally sort of getting to grips with the character and mm. himself in uh, some ways. Who knows? I think I th it's clear that George R. R. Martin enjoyed reading that, um, uh, writing that, um, that, that excerpt. Uh, it just came out on a page, didn't it? Absolutely, and up the wall as well. Mm. I, I absolutely enjoyed reading that, one of the most enjoyable parts about the uh, book. Mm. If we do any more of these podcasts for Game of Thrones, we should call it Up the Wall. Uh, that's a good one. Mm. That's a good one. Up the Wall. Um, blowing it up the wall, I'd say. Mm. Uh, what does everybody, everybody else think about that excerpt? I mean, obviously, like, just take a bit, a few moments to let that sink in because that was a epic piece. Oh, it's extremely sexually explicit. I want to know what was his writing process behind that. Um, Trent, Trey, Trey, Trey. Yeah, I think I was away for this book. <laughs> I think I, 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 I had to get my uh, driver's license renewed. And he would, and, then, and he he just was writing a uh, letter, say, hey, "Hey George, I'm going out." And he's like, "Okay, I'm writing something about some guy kicking off a head and some shit." And I was like, "Sounds crazy, man, but it sounds good. Keep going." And, and that this must have been the bit that he, yeah, yeah, your, your accents were perfect, man. that was it that was uh that concludes part one of the best of 2017 i hope you've enjoyed it uh i think all in all probably the, one of the best ways to do this podcast is just recording 42 hours and then grabbing the best bits and putting it all into one well two hour long episodes just cramming all that goodness into your ear holes and just foregoing all the other 40 hours that we've recorded well, it's mostly filler anyway just to get to those good bits um if you've liked this podcast why not recommend us to a friend write a review for us on itunes uh and just subscribe to us share us with the world if you will uh we don't pay for advertising this podcast i fund this purely out of my own pockets this is not a pandemic i'm not asking you for money i'm not i don't, I, I really don't think I've, this podcast has reached a stage where i can genuinely honestly start asking people for money um yeah let's keep it free for now um if you're enjoying it, you're enjoying it. That's great. I can't ask for anything more than that. I genuinely enjoy doing this podcast. I love putting it together. Uh, I'm fairly proud of what I do. I don't know. I, I, I can't really look at people in the eye and say I do a podcast yet. So I'm not quite there yet. So I, why should I expect anybody to, me, to pay me for this? But I do genuinely enjoy doing this show. I love putting it together and I love putting in the hours. But I, I complain about it, but I genuinely love doing this show. So if you do, why not share it with other people? That's all I'm asking, really. Um, that's a fair deal, right? That's a fair deal. Anyway, um, that's end of part one. Part two will be coming next week and we'll be doing a new episode uh, 
recording it this weekend, probably putting it out on the Monday. Um, but until then, um, my name's been Chinty. Keep supporting your local bookstores and libraries. And way 2018, best foot forward. Off to a great start. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.